Okay, good morning, class. <laughs> Man, I'm so excited to be here with you this morning. Uh, this is something that uh, Pastor Will and I have been thinking about for many months. And so uh, he said that I would have to do the teaching and uh, that you guys would do the cooking. And now nobody wants to come to my class. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Faith Fellowship is now a class of one. <laughs> um, okay, if you have your Bible, be turning to uh, Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, verses 21 through 29. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which had given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you uh, has been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. For if you be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we just are so grateful for today. And Lord, look at this great people that you have before you. Um, Father, just see us now as being desperate to hear from you this morning, Lord. I pray that you would remove me and that you would just speak freely um, mm -hmm. to this great people. Lord, we need to be encouraged by your word. We need direction on how it is to, to view your word properly and just to rest in the space that we can have that's only in you. And so, Father, we just pray that you would have your way this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our purpose this morning is to embrace the identity that comes from belonging to Jesus. We are studying Galatians and Faith Fellowship in our Bible study. And uh, when I was thinking about something that would be in, uh, important for us all to hear, I think that really the only, uh, our direction should be set by resting in who Jesus is. And so everybody has a name tag on today. And I, our principal question for uh, class today, well, who do I say that I am? If you are saved this morning, then the answer must come from the Bible. But we also must be warned that our flesh, the world, and the enemy will try to redefine us. And so I looked up some definitions for culture. There's a lot of uh, talk about culture today. One of the definitions I found <clears throat> was culture is defined as uh, the customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social group. Another definition with more detail is culture is an umbrella term which encompasses the social behavior, institutions, and norms found in human society, as well as the knowledge, beliefs, arts, laws, customs, capabilities, and habits of the individuals in these groups. And culture is often originated from or attributed to a specific region or location. But what about the Bible? 
none of those de definitions say that the Bible defines culture. And in the context of the book of Galatians, this is after the second trip to Galatia, uh, Paul has made a troubling discovery. They have been drawn away to a perverted form of the gospel of Jesus. And they're now adding a legalistic and ritualistic ideas taken from the law. And so if you notice, there is a culture change for them. Paul had given them the gospel and they received it willingly. But now that these uh, Judaizers had showed up, they wanted to accept what it was that they were saying. And it caused great confusion. In chapters three and four, Paul is making a case for the superiority of the gospel. And in this passage, he's contrasting the purpose of the law with the promise of Jesus. So write this down. The doctrine you need to understand here, man will never be able to work his way to heaven. Access only comes from Jesus. Or if I said it a different way, the gospel of Jesus doesn't need any additions to save, sanctify, or glorify. The central idea for our passage will be this, the benefits of faith in Jesus. So when you think about who you think you are, I want you to think about who does the Lord say that you are. I can assure you he is not uh, worried about your culture. Our key points this morning will be faith in Jesus gives us life. Faith in Jesus justifies us. And faith in Jesus changes our identity. So now let's look at um, verses 21 and 22. This is God's view of us that we were all under sin. And so our first key point is faith in Jesus gives us life. If I were to explain that, it said, would be, I have been given purpose in this life and the hope of eternal life. So let's read it. Is then the law against the promises of God? God forbid, for if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture hath concluded all understand that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Where we uh, find great comfort for the promise is in 1 John 2, 25. And this is the promise that he has promised us, even eternal life. If you notice in verse 21, he says that the law couldn't give life. So then the opposite must be true, that Jesus is the only one that can give life. Paul needed to remind the Galatians that adding the practice of the law under grace through faith would not produce any more righteousness in them. The faith they had already was sufficient. And so now, if we, if we look again at, uh, oh, let's see. Oh, so there's a warning here on this I need to consider. My flesh will only seek things of death or dead things. The comfort of former ways or, or of uh, old habits. Also similar to the Galatian, we should avoid new and old doctrines that are contrary to the gospel. Pay attention in verse 22 of what God says that we are under. 
it says that, but the scripture has concluded all under sin. So these additions that were being brought on, how could they be better? What Paul had given them had given them freedom. Paul explains that our sin condition needed to be measured against the law because it is the holy standard. Uh, we should not find refuge in the way that we see ourselves or desire to earn God's favor through works. Here's our lesson. The life I now have in Christ through faith cannot be made better by the works of the law. Uh, 23 through 25. Hope is, uh, is on the way. And you notice there's a, a particular a key word here is justified, which leads us to our first key point, faith in Jesus justifies us. Here's a better explanation. Acts 13, 39. And by him, all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. So in verse 23, when it says, but before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the face, which should afterwards be revealed. It says that, uh, basically saying that the opportunity for faith in Jesus, we were kept until the opportunity for faith in Jesus came. We were kept under the law, held back until Jesus came. Meaning we should appreciate what we have, the knowledge we have and the access of what we have right now. In Luke 10, 23 and 24, it says, and he turned unto him, unto his disciples and said privately, blessed are the eyes which see the things that ye see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. Consider what you have seen in the lives of other believers, what you've heard from the preaching of God's word. It leads us to a, another warning. Today, we have the privilege of seeing godly people around us live and hear the preaching of God's word. But the enemy <clears throat> intends to subtly hide his truth from our hearts and minds. And so now the Galatians were being lured into bondage because they didn't understand what the law was for. It would be like you were in jail and then you got freed and then you went back. That's what they're going back to the law was doing. Verse 24 says that the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ and that now we might be justified by faith. And so we are free. We stay free. We don't go back to handcuffs. Romans 6, 14 says, for sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under the law, but under grace. And so our lesson is this. We should never give up the freedom that Jesus died to give us. 26 through 29, my true identity. The key words here are children of God. So this is our third key point. Faith in Jesus changes our identity. A great verse to explain that is 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, and old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So no longer can I be identified by where I'm from or how I look, but by him. Paul knew one of the world's great strategies would be to divide us 
in human identifiers like race, gender, and status. But we've already seen how God identified the first group, those that are without him. So in reality, there's only two categories of people, lost and saved. Which side are you? How do you see yourself? You are more than just your name. Verse 26 is a great reminder to us. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So then the issue really could have been settled in one sentence. But then he goes on to say in verse 27, for as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. This helped me to realize something about Jesus. I am so wretched without him that I, not only does he have to cover me with his blood, but he has to fill me with his spirit. So there's nothing of me that's left. I'm just a shell, like a chocolate egg on Easter. <laughs> Actually chocolate. <laughs> okay, in uh, Colossians 3.10, it says that, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. And so while we are all different colors, it's because God is the painter and he doesn't uh, dismiss the fact that we are different, but that doesn't give us advantage or disadvantage with one another. Verse 28, for there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So there's still a warning here. For some of us, this will be the hardest thing for us to let go of. But I, I, I want to encourage you with this verse. 2 Corinthians 5.16. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have, not, we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now, henceforth, know we him no more. Once we have accepted Christ, we should have the eyes like Christ to see the spirit, not the person. Verse 29. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. This simply says, if I am Christ, then I am also tied to Abraham spiritually and an heir of God. Perhaps the struggle for the Galatians was that they respected greatly the Jews that were around them. People even today see them as God's chosen people. And so when they came to distort the gospel, the Galatians gave ear to it. But remember, the Lord has already leveled the playing field. Those Jews were not chosen because they were, uh, they were great. They were chosen because he wants to use them to bless the world. And now we have that same opportunity through our faith in Jesus. In Ephesians 3, 6, it says that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ <clears throat> by the gospel. In Romans 8, 16, it says, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. The Galatians, like us, needed to hear that God hadn't left them out, but rather instead he'd made us apart. So here's our lesson. More than anything else, I am first a son of God. And so... I have some questions for you. 
Does who you are stop you from being who God wants you to be? And maybe you still haven't accepted Jesus, but today we can show you how you can be a son or daughter of God. And so I know we're finishing early because I want you to have more time to fellowship with each other. But before we break up to have fun, we should consider uh, who we are. And if we need to make something right, then you can come down to the front with us and we can talk about it. If you haven't yet accepted Jesus Christ, come down to the front and we can talk about that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, again, we just want to uh, thank you just for the, the truth of your word. And Lord, we do get distracted and sideways sometimes with, uh, with our understanding of, of your word and even just our purpose and, and where we are. Lord, when we have you by faith, we have everything. Father, help us to just find rest in that and not to raise any flag higher than the one that should be yours. Lord, thank you for your sacrifice. And more importantly, Lord, your resurrection just stands true that it actually promised me eternal life. I have something to look forward to. And even as I'm waiting for that, Father, I have this opportunity now. And so, Lord, I just pray for the hearers that they would consider, um, Lord, not saying I'm one thing or the next, but, Lord, that we would all just set those things aside and just say, Lord, I, I, I want to be yours. Lord, would you cover me and fill me? Lord, I ask that people would just truly consider that this morning and that they would move forward in faith and that whether it's faith fellowship or class Hispana, that they would understand, Lord, that we are part of a, of a local church and that together we have opportunity to minister together to those that don't know. Lord, help us to seize this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.